Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But we are the ladies of Spark My Interest. My name is Diana. Do I save this for Halloween? I was like, I can't wait 10 months. I am Deborah. Did he do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jesse. I was a guy magnet, you guys. <laughs> that's, that's just a regular day for Jesse. <laughs> we all need to edumacate ourselves. <laughs> You guys, I was driving home from work yesterday and I look in my rearview mirror and I'm like, what? What is going on? And there's this woman, she's behind me and she is, I couldn't figure it out at first. And I realized she is flossing her teeth. Wow. (laughs) Yes. I take flossing seriously, but not enough to do it in the car. I don't necessarily know if I would call this taking it seriously, though, because the random part about it was we were stuck in traffic, which is why I could turn around and see her pretty up close. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that, oh, we're at a stoplight and I'm flossing my teeth. It was now that we have gotten the green light, I'm going to start flossing my teeth. It wasn't when we stopped. It was only when we were on the gas. So let me, I want to know, is she using regular floss or is she using one of those little picks? No, she was using regular floss, two-handing it, obviously, and going at it, both top and bottom. That's talent. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen something like that. I don't know if I want to see it. Yeah, I didn't want to see it either because like, especially when you're going, you know, when sometimes you see somebody like text messaging or they're just really on their phone focused on yeah. that. You're like, oh my God, are they going to break? What's going to happen? That was my feeling. Only this time it was, is she going to floss the back molars and then hit me or? I mean, you've lived in LA now for what, 17 years. You got to expect the unexpected at this point. <laughs> yes. Somebody flossing in their car. That's just like a regular day in LA, I guess. Right. Now I've seen it all. Now <laughs> I've seen, seen it all. all. There you go. Um, if you are listening to us for the first time, we are the ladies of Spark My Interest. My name is Diana. I'm Deborah. I'm Jesse. And every week we get together, we share stories that we found online or in a book or somewhere. And at the end of every episode, we vote to see who had the most interesting article. The prize remains TBD. We don't care at this point. It's been over, what, two years? Yep. No prize. We just like the glory of the win. We got and nothing. And that's us. <laughs> that's us in a nutshell. And if you're paying close attention... You might recognize that little Jesse or little I'm Jesse did not sound as per usual. Jesse, you want to get into that? She sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh I got up a little cold earlier this week and it just kind of lingered so long that I ended up losing my voice. So mm, it's gonna be a little great. The worst. I know. They're the worst. And literally every time it happens to me, 
I hit a point the first few days, you're like, okay, maybe I got a little bit of a sexy voice going on. And then after that, then I'm like, it's never coming back. <laughs> I always yeah. get nervous. It's never coming back. Mm-hmm. Me too. So that's not the worst of it though. <laughs> I have a story to tell you and I'm going to make it my spark me up. Oh, here we go. We're going to jump right into a spark me up. So you know how I told you I was going to a conference this past weekend in Las Vegas? Vegas. Yeah. 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 And I was driving and I was going to be doing some video recording. I've done this before for past events. And the conference was actually went really well once I got there. (laughs) But the getting there and the getting home was more or less a shit show. So here's how it went down. (laughs) I, uh, I was driving our 2003 Toyota Corolla because it's been like the most dependable car forever. Like hardly any repairs. We, I mean, right before I left, we got a maintenance check on the brakes and everything. And I got up early because I knew it was going to be a hot day in Vegas. So I was like, I'll get up at like five and leave then. And about two and a half hours into my drive, right on the way into Barstow, I was going down a hill and a car in front of me started to slow down. And so I was going to brake. And all of a sudden my brakes felt like I was pushing on the gas. <gasps> nothing was happening. Oh no. And oh my God, how I floored it to the bottom scary. and nothing. And so luckily the Toyota Corolla has that little like handbrake to the right. So I just immediately grabbed that and started pulling it up and I slowed down just enough to avoid colliding with them. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? No kidding. I tried my brakes again and it was like, I wasn't, it was really mushy. Like if I could pumped it a little bit, I got a little something. So I just sort of, -hmm. I just sort of coasted off to the side and was like, I'm going to find the next exit that looks like it has like a gas station or something. And it was actually perfect because Barstow is kind of like the last major town before Vegas. Yeah. There's a big like yeah. two hour break there. So I pulled into the gas station and, and I was like, how am I going to do this? And I got some advice from my dad. So the, the logistics went like this. I, I carefully drove it to the Walmart to try it to their service center, but they don't work on brakes. And everywhere else mm-hmm. in town was closed on a Sunday for auto repairs. So oh, gosh. I told AAA... They towed me to a Midas that was right next to a car rental shop, but the car rental shop was closed for the weekend. So, oh <laughs> so I I was able to do like that. They call an early bird drop. So you put your your key in this little envelope and tell them what went wrong and all your contact info yeah. and you leave it there. And then you put it in a little slot. Yeah. So the, I was like, should I yeah. Uber or like call a taxi? And he's like, oof. It's like, you could probably try Lyft there. They'll probably have something. It's kind of few and far between. So I tried Lyft, no cars on the road, tried the taxi services, mm-hmm. no, no answer. And then I tried Uber. There was Gosh. one car. So the closest enterprise rental car or any open rental car place was 30 miles away in the next town in Victorville. So oh I get this one Uber guy. This guy shows up. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> wait, did he go by Jesus or... Hey, Susan. But you know, you look at your phone, you're like, mm-hmm. Jesus is picking you up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're safe. <laughs> so I get yeah. so I get in the car. He's real kind of quiet and polite. Um, Hispanic. I, I'm not sure if it's an English barrier or what, but uh, he doesn't say much the whole way. And then like halfway through the drive, I notice he has no hands. He is driving <gasps> with like stump arms, like almost oh like it, it didn't have any scarring. So I think he was born that way, but he was doing a okay. great job. And I was just sort of like. Well, here we are in the middle of the desert driving to Victorville. <laughs> with a man named Jesus with no hands. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he gets me to the Enterprise rental car. It takes two hours to get a car because of this huge line because they're the only place open in town. 
So I get to, oh I, I, I get to the, uh, the, the conference, you know, about five hours late and things go great while I'm there. And I'm like, okay, I call the Midas place in, in the morning and they, uh, we square it away and they're like, oh yeah, it should be done by like one o'clock. So I get there, I get the car heading home, get everything squared away, transfer all my crap from one car to another. And I get towards Victorville. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop and just get some extra water, you know, and go to the bathroom before this long stretch and my brakes fail again so whatever <gasps> oh they fixed gosh. they didn't uh, whatever they fixed didn't have anything to do with what was wrong with my brakes how scary i might think it might be heat related because it was so hot i was like 114 degrees yeah so i go back to the same enterprise i was at before and get another rental car <laughs> oh my gosh luckily i didn't have to wait two hours this time because it was monday and it was, all the other places were open she's like all i have left is a minivan i'm like i'll take it what does she think you're going to say? No, not <laughs> no on the minivan. What else you got back there? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, I leave the Corolla there. I won't say where exactly, but it was in free street parking. <laughs> Take everything out of it. Yes. Pack it in, everything in, into oh. the minivan and drive home. Because the idea was that, okay, maybe I could have it towed, but my AAA level wasn't high enough to have it towed for free that far. So we're like, mm. how are we going to do this? We're probably just going to like find somebody to tow it to junk it or something because we're like, we're done with this car. It's not like, yeah. yeah, you could probably repair it, but who knows what's wrong with it? Like two two car mechanics couldn't yeah, find the problem. Scary. So it's like, it's time for a new car anyway. It's like, you know, it's almost 20 years old. 2003. Yeah. yeah. You know, all things considered, I got really lucky in quite a few ways. Oh, yeah. So like, I was never, like my spirits were never down. It was just like, really, man, <laughs> how many times is this going to happen? Yeah. It's just like this series of unfortunate events that I kept overcoming. So I was like, all right, mm -hmm. this is this is going mm -hmm. okay. I can deal with this. But that was my weekend. Wow. <laughs> what a weekend, weekend it was. Jeez. Yeah. We're going to have to follow up on this next week. For sure. We're going to want to hear exactly what happened, how much money you made on the car, if it's still there, when you do get it. I'm towed. hoping for 50 bucks. There you go. <laughs> it's got some bad breaks and it's almost 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sparked, I suppose. <laughs> Most, mostly grateful that uh, you're here in one piece. Yeah. Well, should I go into our sparkler spot? I think you should. Our sparkler spot of the week is Monica from Provincetown, Massachusetts. She writes to us, hello, Jesse, Deborah, and Diana. I enjoy your podcast. Thank you for keeping episodes under an hour. You're a perfect slice of fun for my morning Monday runs. I'm sending you an article to share because it's from my local area and it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Ooh, I like a heebie-jeebie story. I've been afraid of the ocean for as long as I can remember, and for the life of me, I'm not sure why or how I managed to still live near it. Please share this article, and also, please humor me with any longtime fears you each may have as well. Thanks a mil, Monica. <laughs> okay. I love that she signed it. Thanks a mil. So her article I am going to use as my article today. Ooh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But- I'm curious about any fears. She fears the ocean. Anybody have anything that we've not talked about before? Yeah, I was going to say, I think we have, we have been asked about our fears before. Um, I don't have anything. I mean, I have my irrational anteaters. Oh, yeah. I don't like I anteaters. Yeah. And then spiders. 
And then I do get the heebie-jeebies off of anything found in the ocean that shouldn't be in the ocean. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ha- well, I hate the sensation of something crawling on me when I'm not expecting it. I don't know if I know anybody who loves that. <laughs> Ooh, some, the unknown is crawling up my leg. <laughs> I'm the same. Spiders, for sure. I've always long time fear. Can't remember a time I wasn't afraid of them. And I still am. And I try to get it out of my head. I saw a friend of mm-hmm. mine on Facebook write something about how when she was little, she was afraid of spiders. And then her dad um, went and got this like garden spider out of, the, out of their garden. She was like, oh, and he's like, just trust me. And she let him put the spider in her hand. And she's like, and from there on out, I knew he wasn't going to give me anything that was going to harm me. So I'm not afraid of spiders anymore. And I was like, I tried to put myself in the situation. If my dad had said, no, trust me, I would have been, screaming. I would never have forgiven him. I would have run off. And my dad and I probably wouldn't be talking still today. You know? So I was like, yeah. man, you just- I don't think she had a true, real fear of spiders. That's what I was thinking. But I don't know. She might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spiders can't handle them. If I water can, towers, yeah. if I can see it, it's not as creepy to me. Like if I can watch it crawling on me, and I like, you know, I can, I can handle it. But if I don't know what it is, that I hate that. Yeah. So yeah. Jesse, I have this question then: When you have to give blood, do you watch the needle go in, or do you turn away? I watch the needle go in. Me too, Deborah. I don't think you do. Do you? No, I don't have yeah. a fear of needles, but I don't want to watch one go into my arm. Well, it's not something I thoroughly enjoy, but I don't like no, the anticipation. You thoroughly of, enjoy it, <laughs> but I don't like the anticipation of now. Wait, wait, now is it now? When is it going to happen? Like, I'm just like, I need to. Okay, now because I saw it. I used but to most have, everyone turn away. I used to have a little bit of a fear of needles um, before I had kids, but once I went through like childbirth and everything, and all the crap I had to deal with IVs and shit that like went down with that whole thing, like I just don't care anymore. It's They're so much less painful than anything related to that. Yeah, it's more so the anticipation, I think, when people are afraid of needles. Well, uh, I hope that suffices, Monica. Thank you so much for being our sparkler spot. Mm -hmm. And we are excited to read this article. I'm very excited to hear it. I mean, do we just just jump into that one? Dive right right in? Sure. Sure, we can totally dive right in. So my article, I'm not going to read the title because it gives everything away. Um, But Monica sent me something from NPR.org. It is written by Rachel Traceman, and it was published on June 12th of 2021. So there is a man. He's 56 years old. His name is Michael Packard. He's a lobster diver, said Diana. He's going underwater. Oh, boy. On Friday, yeah, on Friday, June 11th of this year, he was off the coast of Provincetown, Massachusetts, searching for lobsters. He was 45 feet under the water. And he felt like this, he says, I felt a huge bump. And then everything went dark. What? Yeah. So he passed out underwater? He didn't pass out underwater, but he felt this bump and then he everything went dark and he was like, what? And when he started to look around and feel around, he was like, oh my God, I'm in a shark. <gasps> so he's like, oh my God, this is horrible. And then he's like, wait, and he's feeling around. He's like, no teeth. It's not a shark. And he's like, oh shit, I'm in a whale. <laughs> he was oh, in man. a humpback whale. For an estimated time of 30 to 40 seconds, he was in the mouth 
And he just kind of held on. And basically, this whale was just like, what's going on? The whale jumped out of the water and spat him out. And then he (laughs) went feet first through the air and fell back into the water. Now, I didn't know this, but if you are a lobster diver, you go in pairs. So he had somebody Mm -hmm. who was watching him. They basically watch your air bubbles, which I just thought was so weird. Anyway, he had seen this happen. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening? The article states that when they consulted experts about this, they were like, you know, whales really don't, they're not interested in humans. They don't want to eat humans. Um, Their esophaguses are so small that actually they probably wouldn't be able to swallow a human, which I find odd just because of how large they are. Mm -hmm. But they said they more than likely, um, he was looking for the lobsters, the whale, they're sneaky. So he came up and he was probably just trying to snack on small fish that were around. Yeah, I think they have the big mouth to collect a bunch at once, right? Yes. And he was sucked into this whale's mouth. And then the whale was like, this thing's too big. Spit him up. Wow. So he went to the doctor and he had no broken bones or anything, but he did have some soft tissue damage. But He went in and a few hours later, he was able to walk back out. He said he was in there long enough because everyone was like, what did you think? And he was just like, I was so relieved that it wasn't a shark. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in a mouth of of a whale. Like I'm not probably going to be able to get out of it. He didn't know about their esophaguses or anything. And he's like, so I just thought about my wife and sons. And then he got bad out. He never lost consciousness or anything. Um, He hurt his leg a little bit, so he has a little bit of a limp, but it's nothing that's going to stay with him too long. Wow. Like a modern day Jonah. Exactly. Uh, It's it's pretty pretty insane to think about, but Monica sent that. It's from her hometown, and I think it is uh, pretty interesting. Yes. Thank you, Monica. That was it's so weird to hear like what your thoughts are when you think that you're about to die or some sort of near death experience. Yeah. I think in his situation, it was just happening so quickly that he just reflexively probably held on, you know, to figure out what was going on and then realized where he was and was like, hang on until he he was probably still trying to get his bearings before, like when he got spat out. Totally. When he says, Oh, I was, I was like, Oh no, I'm in a shark. And then he was like, Oh, thank God. There's no teeth. It's not a shark. Like he had this moment of relief, but yet he was still in the mouth of a whale. (laughs) How fast the brain works, though, because like you're telling it like this and it was probably just split second thoughts. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no. This is still bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is still bad. Yeah. Wow. That's that's fascinating. Monica sent a good one. So who would like to follow that? I'll go next. I'll keep it short and sweet because my voice sounds horrendous right now. Um, but I figured, you know, I'll go from a shit show to a fart show. Oh, (laughs) um, or a shart show. (laughs) No, you know, I I don't think this is that. Okay. So, um, in the early 1900s, there was a man known as Le Petoman and it's, and it's actually a portmanteau between the French verb Peter to fart. And man, meaning maniac. His okay. name. Fart maniac? Fart maniac. Yes. Okay. Uh, he, this is, by the way, Nathan found this on a Quora article. This guy was mentioning him. So I looked him up on, on Wikipedia. That's where I'm at. He was known as a French flatulist, a professional farter, 
And this guy's name was Joseph. Uh, it's P-U-J-O-L. So it's like Pujol, I guess. Or was ironically. Mm, P-U. I mean, just J- to start. P-U. Yeah. I was going to say in yeah. Spanish, that would be pronounced like Pujol. <laughs> um, like Albert you guys, could, you, could you imagine <laughs> being the woman married to him? Like, my husband's a teacher. <laughs> well, my husband is, you know, like, what? All the, he's a doctor and I'm married to a lawyer. What's your husband do? Professional flatulent. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fart maniac. He's also known as a a, a fartur or a fartiste, like artist. Oh, artist. Well, I goodness. think I'd run with fartiste. Yeah, fartiste. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a fartiste. Oh, you don't know what that is, honey? Look it up. Look it up. So the incredible <laughs> thing about him was, um, most people thought like, oh, he's farting gas. He's actually not when he does his shows, or when he did his shows, he's actually not farting. He uh, had yeah. a show like people went to. Yes, yeah, he was famous. Wow, hard up for entertainment. What were the shows besides? Well, yeah. <laughs> what else was there besides that? Let me get to that. Oh, okay. He was fa- <laughs> so he was famous for his remarkable control of his abdominal muscles, which enabled him to seemingly fart at will. And uh, it is a common misconception that it was intestinal gas, but it was actually he was able to quote-unquote, inhale or move air into his rectum and then control the release of that air with his anal sphincter muscles. It says evidence of his ability to control these muscles was seen in uh, the early accounts of demonstrations of his abilities to uh, fellow fellow soldiers. Um, So, you know, he's performed these different shows for like Edward Prince of Wales, King Leopold of the Belgians, Sigmund Freud, and like that the kinds of things he would do would be like act out sound effects of cannon fire and thunderstorms and play Oh Sole Mio and the French national anthem on an Oh Sole Mio. Oh my God. He would do it on an ocarina through a rubber tube in his anus. Oh my God. Oh, how do you discover these things about your own body? That's what I want to know. How bored must one be to figure out they are a fart maniac by shoving a tube up their ass to make music? Like, <laughs> come on. Well, I would think that he probably accidentally inhaled air through his ass at one point and was like, oh, like I can I can do this. Wait, wait, wait. I want clarification. He's inhaling it through his well, rectum? I think inhale is the wrong word, but he, yeah, like he uses his abdominal muscles. Yeah, he uses his abdominal muscles to create a, a vacuum that sucks it in. Okay, so I was actually thinking he was like <gasps> and then getting <laughs> oh, the air. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. <laughs> Get like, that man how? to a doctor. <laughs> how is he doing this? Okay, so he was doing it all on the back end. Yes, all on the back end. Okay. And uh you know, some people thought his show was a little harsh in its approach. So he <laughs> d- later decided to refine it and make it more gentler. And so instead of doing like thunderstorms, he would <laughs> he would do numbers. Um, a light rain. <laughs> or he would uh, he, he would like do a, like a rhyme about farm animals. And with each farm animal, he, he uh, would punctuate it with renditions of the animal sounds in farts. So it was like old McDonald's. And he would make a moo Ooh, this, noise. This like well, he actually that... composed. He composed the art, uh, the uh, poem himself. <laughs> but yeah, oh my is this something where the entire concert 
he or performance, whatever you want to call it, he was turned around. He actually he never saw his face. If you go to the Wikipedia page, there's a silent film. Unfortunately, it's silent um, of him doing an act. And Bummer. He's, He's like farting into this side, like this kind of like a reverse megaphone where he's kind of, it kind of creates a resonance so you can hear it better. And so he's facing mm-hmm. the audience, but he kind of turns his butt toward <laughs> this megaphone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a megaphone. Well, it's like a, a metal uh, cone that kind of amplifies mm-hmm. the, the sound. And uh, they actually do have recordings on vinyl of him doing his act on YouTube if you Google it. Did you listen? I did. Yeah. It's just he's farting in different interesting ways. And uh, <laughs> after he retired, he um, with the, it says with the breakout. He retired from farting. Yeah. So with the breakout of World War One, he retired from the stage and returned to his bakery where his family, um, I guess, where he was from. And uh, in Marseille. I would not and- eat anything from that bakery knowing that there is a <laughs> mega farter in there. <laughs> Says later he opened a biscuit factory in Toulon, and um, he died at the age of eighty-eight in nineteen forty-five, and was buried in the cemetery of La Vallette de Var, where his grave can still be seen today. This is Joseph Pujol. I wonder if it's like a, if it was a genetic, you know, did did his sons get this? You know, I think it, any of them do. This? I, I would doubt it, and it doesn't mention him having any children, but he he's like. He's referenced in certain places like in uh, Blazing Saddles, uh, Mel Brooks appears in multiple supporting roles, including the dim-witted governor, William J. Le Petomaine, which suggests that he's full of hot air. And uh, it reminded me, I actually, when, when I was in college, I saw an act by a guy that they called a professional regurgitator. And oh. this guy could literally like separate things in his stomach and like regurgitate them yeah. back out like a live goldfish and um, and dry sugar and he could he could literally swallow it show you his open mouth regurgitate it back into a cup and you see it coming out dry gross and it honestly anybody going to swallow something alive i no yeah no, well he know. comes back up and it's swimming around in the glass of water mm, yikes <laughs> it was it was fascinating it was like a circus act for sure so I think he actually had this guy beat, but I would I would be fascinated to see a guy fart out oh so la mio. I mean, I'm not gonna say like I'd sign up to, you know, get front row tickets. <laughs> front row. But I but pun intended. I um I guess I wouldn't turn down a chance to see it once. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's it's one of those sort of yeah. can't it's like it's too fascinating to turn down. Yeah, it's uh, it's something, that's for sure. I love that he has a vinyl record of this, so I'm going to have to be on the hunt for that because I want to get Jeff something real nice <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> Please don't, because that's going to end up in my house. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that. For those who don't know, Jeff is Diana's husband, so Deborah was going to send her brother-in-law a fart vinyl. He collects vinyl. Come on. This is and something that's wife, not in I'm, his collection. I'm asking you no. <laughs> Um, no, but I I would love to know about crowd size here. Like how big of an audience did this man have? Oh, he had, he had huge shows. Like he actually performed at the Moulin Rouge. What? Oh my God. I've been there. I had no idea Mm -hmm. there was farting going on. Like I said, he he performed for royalty. Wow. 
I mean, I'm going to have can't. to see it, honestly. I'm going to have to see something. I'm gonna, it, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, you know? I would be hysterical watching it. I mean, <laughs> I would definitely laugh through the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, talk about an ab workout. Yeah, the laughter yeah. alone. Yeah. And yeah. it's the one show where if you have to fart, you can get away with it. Totally. But like, that's not me. It was him. That was a good one, Jesse. Thank you for bringing that. Yes. You ready to bring us home, Diana? Uh, uh, yes. I don't even know how to follow that one up. Um, I picked out a story. I picked out a survival story. This is from All That's Interesting by Jacqueline Anglis from February 2nd, 2016. It was updated December 16th, 2020. This is called 11 Incredible Survival Stories of People Who Cheated Death Against All Odds. I picked, I believe, the fourth story in here. There's a woman. She is named Julianne Kopech, I think is how you say her name. I might be butchering it. So when she was 17 and she and her mom went on a trip on Christmas Eve in 1971, and they boarded a flight from that was departing Lima, Peru. Mm-hmm. To the, and that's where her her dad was because he was a zoologist in the Amazon. So they take off, and this is flight Lanza flight five hundred eight, and it was going on during a thunderstorm. Have you guys ever taken off during a storm? Yes. During rain, no, I don't know if I'd call it a storm. Not an electrical but, yeah. storm, but I usually don't yeah. do that. I mean, I, I hate it when it, but, but it's like really coming down, not like, oh, there's a sprinkle. Like yeah. when it's really coming down, I'm like, yeah. maybe let's take a break here. So I'm going to be even more so like this after reading this story. So one of the motors on this plane got struck by lightning. Oh my gosh. So. Yeah, so the like one of the wings, I think it was the right wing, flew off completely. So this plane goes down. It says it it plunged down ten thousand feet. So when they landed, like the plane had fallen apart, and when she landed, she was in a row of chairs, but and still still buckled in and everything, and she woke up that way. So she wakes up. She had a broken collarbone. And a deep gash on her calf. And so she was trying to find her mom, could not find her. So she begins walking aimlessly through the Amazon. She's in the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. So she has no clue where she is. She's just walking. She does this for 10 days. She's the only survivor? She's the only survivor. So it says that So both of her parents had backgrounds in zoology. It says that that's how she was equipped with useful survival tips. So she spotted a small well that she recalled her dad's advice and followed it downstream towards civilization. She was like, I will find people if I follow this well. Mm. So, and the only food that she had on her was a bag of sweets that she found in the rubble of all of this plane crash when they first, when she first woke up. So on the fourth day, she came across a king vulture and she was like, okay, so that means there's going to be something dead around here. Mm -hmm. And so, and she comes across it and she realizes it's three other passengers from the plane crash. They're all 
dead and still strapped in their seats. And this is on day four. This was day four. It's not like, oh, I just walked a few yards. Like she had walked and these are these chairs. So I don't even know how it even happened. Yeah. I I mean, I'm so So, amazed she even survived. (laughs) Oh, I know. Right. So um, soon it's, you know, days have gone by and she runs out of her sweets. So she has no food left. And this is the worst part. Her cut calf is infested with maggots. There's maggots on her leg and she's still going through. So it says on her 10th day in the forest, Julianne found a hut and a jug of gasoline. So she remembered that her dad was like, if you want to treat an infested wound, you put kerosene in it. So she sucked out the gasoline and then put it on her wound. And through that process, she pulled off 30 maggots on her leg. Like, I cannot even believe this. It's so gross. It's just so gross. Um, But such a huge story of survival. So in this hut, she was like, I'm going to camp out here. I'm sticking around. Someone must live here. So, and she was right. The next day, there's these Peruvian loggers and they found her and they fed her. And who the hell are you? (laughs) Yeah, right. So they brought her to a hospital and she was soon reunited with her dad. So that's when she learns that she's the only survivor of 91 people that were on this plane. And and the worst part for me on this one is that her mom, I don't I guess they did an autopsy or they had known that her mom had or had survived the crash, but she had died from her injuries soon after. So I'm oh. guessing that's what happened to a ton of people. Um She's written a couple books and there was actually a movie. There was a documentary, I should say. It's called Wings of Hope. It came out in 1998. And she's got a book called When I Fell from the Sky. Oof. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, I read that one. I read all 11 and I was like, man, this one just, I know we've talked about plane crashes, but I was like, this is beyond that. This is like, hey, how about this? We're going to crash a plane, survive it, and then go 11 days in the Amazon trying to in for yourself. Yeah, that makes my trip through the desert seem pretty lame. (laughs) (laughs) Some people survive things that I just think, uh, I don't know if I want to. Like, (laughs) I don't want to go through that. I don't want to have to take off 30 maggots on my leg, you know? I mean, oof. I'd do it. It would suck, but... Yeah, I mean, of course you do, but it's like, fuck. (laughs) I can't believe anybody had to. I don't know. I don't think... I feel like I'm lucky enough to survive a crash, but totally repulsed by too much shit to survive afterwards. <laughs> like all of that stuff. I'd be like, forget it. I know. I survived the crash, but I'm not getting past this shit. Yeah. I mean, I think she's glad she survived. She's totally. She got married and she's a librarian in Germany. She ended up living a good life, but she's definitely afraid of flying. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't blame her. No. I do not blame her. Man. So three very different ones. Jesse's yeah. got the humor. I've got the dread. I've got, uh, it's a miracle this guy lived. He was inside of a whale. Yeah. Deborah's got the the new Jonah and the whale. Mm-hmm. I have the fartiste. And I've got the 10 days in the Amazon after a plane crash. I'm, I'm going to say plane crash because that's amazing. Like, swallowed by a whale. Seems much more easy to survive than a 10,000 foot drop out of the sky in a, in a tin mm-hmm. can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll have to go with the plane crash too. Um, I might actually have to go with the Fartis. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That is very impressive. That that mm-hmm. definitely is. It's one yeah. of those out of left field things that was just like too good to pass up. I was like, this is crazy. Nathan was reading this and he's like laughing his head off. I'm like, what is it you're reading? Once I saw it, I was like, this is going on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> I think he did. It's a good one. He doesn't necessarily deserve a, a win on the episode, but he definitely deserves a vote. Honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, an honorable mention. <laughs> it's an honorable yeah. mention. Yeah. Well, that's great. If you have something that you would like us to share on the pod or you think that you would make a perfect sparkler spot, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at our Gmail at sparkmyinterestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at our website at sparkmyinterestpodcast.com or at our Twitter at interest underscore spark or at our Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at sparkmyinterestpodcast. Jesse, how do they rate and review us? They can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, all the platforms we're on. They can like, subscribe, and leave a review. We love reviews. Um, reviews, if you can give us five stars, that's great. If you can leave a review, it's even better. But we we appreciate anything you guys can do to support the pod. And next week, Jessie will have her voice. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> She'll have her voice and we'll have a guest. That's right. Ooh, we will have a guest. have a guest. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave it as a mystery guest right now, but some yes. of you might know her. Yeah, some of you might. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, we hope you get sparked. sparked.